Welcome to the Jack Mountain Bushcraft Podcast, episode 94. Welcome to the Jack Mountain Bushcraft Podcast with your host, Jack Mountain Bushcraft School founder and master main guide, Tim Smith. I'm your host, Tim Smith. I'm a registered master main guide and have been a full-time outdoor instructor and guide since founding the Jack Mountain Bushcraft School in 1999. We help people become more skilled, more knowledgeable, more experienced, and more confident in the natural world through our bushcraft and guide training semester programs and multi-week canoe and snowshoe expeditions. You can check out the show notes to all of our podcasts at blog.jackmtn.com. If you're interested in learning more about our college-accredited and GI Bill-approved programs, visit the Jack Mountain Bushcraft School on the web at jackmtn.com. And check out our online network and digital learning academy at bushcraftschool.com. Hello and welcome back to the Jack Mountain Bushcraft Podcast. We're recording this on Sunday morning. What is it, the 19th of September, the 20th, somewhere around there? 20th. 20th of September. Uh, Tim and Christopher. Hello. In the communication level of our semi-subterranean remote North Main Woods layer. It gets more complicated every time we add like another descriptive word to it. The new headquarters. New headquarters. Yes. I like it. I like it. Uh, I just got back from feeding all the crocodiles in the moat surrounding the new headquarters. And, uh, <laughs> and We've been having hard frosts for the last week. How are those crocodiles doing in the moat? Uh, yeah, well, I... A little sluggish? Yeah, they're a little slow. I think they're dead. Um, yeah. We have been having hard frost for the last yeah. week. It's, a, it's an early fall. We had an ungodly hot summer. And now the pendulum has swung the other way, and it's early in the year, but we've been having hard frosts. Yeah, so. I woke up, it was 27 degrees this morning in my wall tent. Yeah. Nice and crisp. Nice great. and crisp. The dog wasn't pleased, but I liked it. Yeah. Um, no bugs. Yep. No bugs. That? No bugs. Um, I'll take it. But these are sort of the, this is a great time to live outdoors in northern Maine because you get the days, it's going to warm right up to 60 degrees today. And it's going to warm up next week. Our nights aren't going to be this cold, you know, straight through. It's going to warm up again. Uh, But you get those nice days where in the afternoon you're running around in a t-shirt and then you just bundle up at night. And personally, I would rather bundle up under a warm sleeping bag at night and not have to deal with mosquitoes buzzing me. Agreed. Uh, I think that's like the sweet spot for, for camping and living yeah. outdoors. You know what replaces the bugs this time of year, though? What? The mice and squirrels. They're oh, yeah. they in full-on find whatever they can. I had like four of them last night run through my run through my tent. The dog was going bonkers. Huh. Yeah. Mice are horrible little pestilence yeah. pests. Yeah. Uh, and when they wake you, like when you're dead asleep and a mouse wakes you up running through your tent, it sounds like it's a bear or something. Like you, you wake, it sounds like it, how, I don't understand how a creature so small can make so much noise. I've had them run across like my run across me yeah. in the middle of the night. I don't think I, I, I'm trying to remember if I've ever had one like run across my face. I don't think so, but I think this I have like you a, were asleep. You yeah. have no memory of it. Probably. Yeah. I woke up the other night at like 2 a.m. for a call of nature and went to walk out and I had I, two of them like chased each other across my foot as I walked out and you're like half asleep so in your head you're like this is the end I'm just yeah. gonna fall off the tent platform yeah I really don't like mice that's why I don't, uh, <laughs> probably won't spend a lot of time in Florida um, why is that Tim what's in well, Florida I read about there's a mouse in Nutria? Florida it lives in a castle it's like eight feet tall and it's the head of some massive international corporation no that's a capybara 
And they live in South America. Oh, it's a America. mouse. No, it's a capybara. No, it's South named America. like Mikey, Mickey. Anyway. We should... Terrifying. <laughs> terrifying. Terrifying. A mouse that big living in a castle that and is, charges so is. much stuff. Terrifying to me. How does he open the doors? I don't... I have no idea. Um, anyway. Announcements. Uh, I'm putting together a hybrid class for next summer. We're going to call it in the interim period before we come up with a really good name for it, the hybrid summer woodsman. And it's going to be a combination of online and in person. So it will be our standard summer woodsman course. But when people sign up for it, they will get uh, access to probably 15 or so uh, video lessons that they can practice prior to arriving at the field school for the course. And then, um, we should be able to refine techniques rather than introduce techniques. Yeah, the first, uh, you know, on the long-term curses, it's the first week. On the shorter-term curses, it's usually the first day or two. But you're just trying to get people up to speed with living in camp. And that limits how quickly you can get into some of the more uh, some of the more uh, complicated or higher skill level stuff. And that, so hopefully with this, you can get people into some really cool things when they're up here yeah i'm excited about it it's something i've wanted to do for a long time and now we have all the infrastructure in place with the bushcraftschool.com online community network uh so all that it's just you know the the hard building blocks are in place and now we just need to kind of shoot the video redesign the course and get it all up there so yeah. look for announcements on the web about that and if you haven't joined our online network at bushcraftschool.com go ahead and jump on there it's free to join um we've got a bunch of resources on there and then these things like these additional courses will be add-ons to that um, and for those of you who are on the bushcraftschool.com uh, online network, we use that on a daily basis, um, but it's not always for everybody on the course. So we run the day-to-day. -day, uh, not everybody on the network. Not everybody on the network, right. Yeah. We run the day-to-day -day of our in-person courses on there, um, and they are private groups. So, for example, uh, the fall 2020 Wilderness Bushcraft semester, which we just finished week four of, uh, we have a private group on there for the people on the course. So we post things every night, you know, where we're going to meet the next day, what you need to do, what you need to have with you. So it's sort of like a big online whiteboard. Um, and then if people have questions after hours, they can post them there. So so if you go on there and you join and you're new and it looks like, geez, there's not a lot going on here. There, there actually is a lot going on, but um, not always everybody can see it that way. And it's kind of by design. Other announcements is um, my old truck uh, was slowly dying. So I have a new to me truck uh, and I needed to get that because when the when the uh, fall season ends in a couple of months, I am actually going to jump in that truck and I'm going to drive to Texas where my wife and kids are spending the winter. So I didn't want to stay in hotels because of the COVID. So uh, I'm tricking out my new truck to sort of camp out and live out of it for, for a length of time, at least for the drive. So I'm getting a new topper for the truck. Um, and I got the, the truck that I got has a bed a little bit longer than my old one so that I can camp in there comfortably. And, uh, you know, I can definitely use like a little alcohol stove to cook on. So it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be any sort of a hardship. Um, 
And that's, you know, kind of fun for me is uh, upping my car camping game. It's not something I've done a lot of since I was in my early 20s. You know, then for long-time listeners of the podcast, you know that I had a 12-foot travel trailer, the Shasta, that I bought in Tamworth, New Hampshire, and dragged it up to Alaska and lived in it for better part of a year. Um, So, yeah, I was pretty adept at car camping then. So it's neat to kind of revisit that, uh, whereas the last 20-something years... Um, has been mostly, you know, remote river trips, remote snowshoe trips, things like that. But uh, it's just a little bit of a different animal doing the car camping. So I'm kind of excited about solving all of those problems, right? It's an interesting challenge. Yeah, and that's sort of, uh, that problem solving is what we want to talk about today is that's where we want our students to get. Um, You know, we run into a lot where people just do things, um, do the things we sort of assign them to do and then never think about it again. But the, the real learning that happens up here happens in between, in between those assignments where you work with something long enough and you enjoy working with it. And then that be, the things we play with are the things we remember. And then that, because those things are in our brain already, we can, students learn to do a lot of like lateral thinking and applying skills they've learned in one sort of hemisphere of their brain to maybe a problem once they get back home. The, the example for me is that, you know, we took a Swiftwater rescue course a few years ago and um, the guy who did it showed us how to do a Z drag, which is a way of removing a broached boat. And then he went on to say that he's never used it in the field, but he's used it to get a lot of ATVs and snowmobiles and stuff like that unstuck. And after hearing that and kind of playing with it a little, um, it sat in the back of my brain until earlier this year when I was building a uh, a little sort of, I, I wouldn't call it timber framed, but I, I tried to figure out how to timber frame in my backyard and I had a lot of trouble getting the ridge pole of it up because it's about 16 feet high and it was a big heavy ridge pole. And then this little light bulb went off in my head and uh, I tied a Z-drag to a branch higher than that and then with one hand pulled up a ridge pole that I had I hesitate to admit this, but I had fallen off of a ladder twice with already trying to carry up. So it's stuff like that is really is a really cool thing that students get from um, from these skills because they they learn how to think abstractly about problems and apply the knowledge they've built up over the duration of the course to them. Um, and I yeah, and it's the same like Tim said, it's a new problem. Having a new problem to solve if you like this stuff and it's in your brain is fun. It's like a game rather than being a thing you have to do. Yeah. Um, I had a former student describe it as the skills between the skills, right? Like sort of the stuff that you pick up as a result of living a certain way for a length of time. So a couple of examples, example number one, I think it was about four or five years ago, I came home from the fall uh, semester and uh, nobody was home. I I don't remember why. Uh, Maybe it was Christmas time. I don't remember. But I was home alone for two weeks. And I feel like I'm really adept at cooking for large groups as a result of a 20 plus year career as a guide and outdoor instructor. Um, but at the time I really was terrible at cooking for myself where I didn't have like a fit, a 14 inch or 16 inch Dutch oven. Right. So I had to up my game there using the skills that I knew I had as a result of cooking outdoors. Um, you know, I transitioned, I got an eight inch Dutch oven and, and with the help of a book and a lot of experience, got pretty adept at making, uh, quantities of food fit for one or maybe two people as opposed to eight or 10 people. 
So that was one thing. Um, you know, and it's just really kind of paying attention to small details over time. A couple of other examples as we go through and sort of develop the uh, new Moose Vegas field, um, you know, before people are there living there, I have an idea as to where things should go and, and uh, you know, where the paths belong and things like that. But it's really only by, by having people live there and by doing it that you realize, okay, this is, um, you get to compare your preconceived notions with what actually happens. Yeah. So that's fun. You know, we just built a, like a small cone shelter with an interior fire there this past week. And I had been scratching my head thinking, where are we going to put this thing? Um, and you know, we ended up putting it where, right where, uh, right where I thought it should go, which was kind of interesting because it's right on the edge of the field. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, the second we finish that, I think next week we're going to build a big dome structure, put a wood stove in it. And I've been scratching my head where that should go. And then, you know, kind of figure that out. And next it was where should the, we're going to maybe build a wall tent uh, platform somewhere up there and, you know, figure out where that should go. So the idea is just that, you know, paying attention over time, that if I had just placed them where I thought they would go before people were living there, I wouldn't know where the trails were, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So I guess the, the big picture idea that we're talking about is something that in education is called transference. And that's when you take skills learned in one genre and apply them somewhere completely different, right? Um, and that's the idea that, you know, until we had spent time living there with a group, like I had groups there all summer and then groups this fall, I wouldn't have really known where things should go. Yeah. Um, you know, I had to kind of have that experience living there with them in order to figure out exactly where they should go. You know, that sort of it's I mean, in a nutshell, it's problem solving. Yeah. And I mean, the example you brought up is a perfect one for the students as well. The you know, we built like you said, we built a, a big cone shelter that all of them can fit in. Um, but if they hadn't have if they hadn't already built a smaller version of that, that would have seemed like a really daunting task. But then um you know, that the cone that we built has these ridge uh, or these support rings that are built into it that are bent saplings that we tie on, um, which is a little different than the way that they built their cone shelter. But having done some of our other exercises like hoop houses and uh, making uh, little raquettes to cook on and stuff, they, they had an understanding of how to work with that wood. Um, and they kind of just, it was a cool thing to see a bunch of different skills get brought into one big group shelter um which you know if week one we had told them we were going to build that we would have had to hold their hands through the whole thing but have after having a few nights in regular shelters they knew what what the shelter needed to accomplish they knew um you know we told them it needed some support rings and they kind of could figure out how to do that and it was it, yeah that's that's the, the that transference thing you're talking about where they're t taking a, a pinch out of everything that they've done to build something new that they'd never done before and it was a lot of fun to watch yeah, it's definitely neat because there are a lot of aha moments. You can see light bulbs yeah. getting turned on. Yeah. So the idea, you know, I'm applying that same thing to me upping my car camping game for my big drive south. Uh, you know, all the different stuff like, am I going to bring a wooden wand again and a cook kit? You know, and I don't know yet. I'm I'm still thinking yeah. about it, figuring it out, right? And um, And it just takes time to do it. And that's... You know, that's fun. I don't feel like I have to do that. I'm excited because I get to do that. Yeah, and, and that's a big mental difference. It definitely is. And I think, you know, you're kind of proving that point for the last, what was it, last winter? You got really into alcohol stoves and kind of got really good at using those. So now that's like, 
that's in your back pocket for figuring. But if you were just kind of going into it, well, not not really, because I'd be really uncomfortable because I'm sitting down on a sitting on an alcohol stove would be uncomfortable. You're yeah, right. you're right. I should I should think of a different way to say that. Um, you are you have the information ready and available to <laughs> provide a way to. Uh, you have the information ready and available. So I've been doing this thing up here where I try to say things in. Um, the most essentially the most robotic way possible, so that Tim can't non ambiguous, non ambiguous way possible, so that Tim can't twist them into something else. Yeah, um, because I'm developing a twitch, and I just I just can't handle it anymore. I like to take metaphors and murder them uh, by pulling them apart and then claiming that that's not what's actually happening. You can't murder something that's not actually alive, Tim. You have to come up with a better way to murder say of crows. Anyway. <laughs> you guys see what I'm dealing with here? This is like, if I die at 35, it's going to be because of an aneurysm brought on by jokes. It's a murder of crows. Like a group of crows is called a murder it of crows. It is called a murder of crows. Right. But you've but the crows the... individually are alive, but the group of right. them is not. But you are on record as saying is you don't buy those group terms for animals. So I don't know why you're using it because you've said before that you don't like them. Because it's serving my purpose right now in ah, this moment. So you're saying you're picking and choosing <laughs> the things that fit into your environment. You're using lateral thinking yes. and bringing in different that... skills you've picked up in different things that's exactly what i'm doing that's exactly what you're doing isn't it and just being pedantic <laughs> captain pedantic um but yeah if you hadn't spent a lot of time working with that alcohol stove that would be that now that you know how to do that you have a a way to cook that makes sense to you and you don't have to learn something new now but it's a skill that you didn't learn to car camp you didn't learn that skill specifically to car camp and you learned it because it was a thing you had and you wanted to get good at it. But now that you are good at it, it's an easy, it's sort of like Tetris, right? It easily fits into the problem that you're solving and you can go forward from there with it. Yeah. Yeah. I, like I, I am so amazed that I brought that back to wow. what I originally. It's like full circle. Yeah. I, I haven't even had a cup of coffee yet today. Really? Yeah. Well, it's like 10 o'clock. We have to stop. It's yeah. 11. Really? Yeah. Wow. Sunday morning. <laughs> Slow start. Slow start indeed. So just another example. Uh, I got a couch for the new headquarters house yesterday. And uh, it's been six weeks, seven weeks that I've been in this building. Um, But the idea at first, you know, a little overwhelmed trying to figure it all out. And, you know, what I wanted to get for a piece of furniture to furnish a room. Um, But after living here and thinking about it and paying attention to all the little details and stuff over time, then I finally felt yesterday, hey, uh, I saw one for sale. Of course, we, we were down to Madden's in Presque Isle. Well, you should have bought it when you saw it at Madden's. And, and I did. Well, uh, but had I purchased like a couch right <laughs> off the bat, right moving in, it probably wouldn't have fit the space that well. So it took me a while to kind of get used to the space and figure out exactly what I wanted, both the the objective criteria, but also the subjective, you know, like what looking at it, hey, what what really fits here? What looks good? How big? You know, what do I want it made out of those things? And um, I think that's a like a a decent example with, you know, transference and thinking about uh, maybe it's car camping, maybe it's building a bigger shelter that after you have a skill set and you live with that skill set for a period of time and you pay attention to all the tiny details then it's much easier to make those decisions and add new things. Yeah, and I think that the best example of that for us would be knives and axes up here. Um, so there's there what you're talking about is having a deep understanding of the problem that needs to be solved and then finding the right thing to fit that. But what we often run into is people people want 
the coolest the coolest uh, thing to fit it and show up. You know, our the best example right now is our so B, who is our TA, when he was a student, showed up with a nice knife, but it was it was a, a big and bulky thing that you know didn't really do what he needed it to do up here, and he ended up switching. And I think that 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 uh, having that knowledge beforehand with a problem allows you to better select the answer to that problem rather than having to screw it up a couple times you know he you know it, it's a nice knife but it just didn't carve feathers the way he wanted it to and now he has another one and he's been telling all of our students you know to not show up with you know to really take into account what the thing needs to do um, and what that problem is it needs to solve rather than just getting the one that looks the coolest to you and hoping it works yeah um, the idea of form following yeah, function exactly rather <clears throat> so, than the reverse right it's like forcing a round peg into a square hole uh yeah that's not a good thing so the idea is like the so what if you carve it down first with the knife perfectly suited for doing that yeah then it would then but it then would it wouldn't be a then it would be a round peg and what a round if it's hole. a square hole that's or a square a square peg that's small enough that just the corners of it touch the round hole yes. see how much fun this is yeah people do this too no i love that yeah i think that's great yeah. that would be a great carving exercise you guys i have a really exciting thing i just watched tim's eye twitch <laughs> I'm starting to pass it along. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, Transference. So, yeah. So, a negative. So, the thing we're talking about here is that uh, people spend a lot of time using these skills and then can apply them to uh, to other problems that they have. And so, the, the sort of negative example we have of that is, um, you know, people that have come up here and spent the whole semester in a camper. And it's not that, you know, they're present for every moment of our course, but... Um, they don't get the skills, they don't get the knowledge that happens just from being up around other people that are using these because they, you know, we are such a social creature and maybe you don't understand something the first way, but then you watch another person who's a peer get it and just, just from observing and seeing how they're, they're using that system, you get a better understanding of it. Whereas if you are just there for what's on the list and then you go back to a camper that you don't really need to solve the problems that a shelter does or that lighting a fire does. Um, if you don't work with those skills every day, then you just don't, you don't have, you're never going to get to the point where you can transfer those skills to other things. Yeah. Just the sort of awesomeness of an immersion program yeah. is living the experience every day for an extended period of time. And then you're actively solving problems as you exactly. go. You're actively adding to that database of knowledge and then it's easier to solve those problems, even if you didn't like overtly solve it, even if it's just right. like, oh, I, okay, I remember like to use the example of us building the big cone shelter this week, someone saying, okay, I remember something I learned when I was building my smaller quad pod right. and I can apply that here. So if, say if someone is just there for like the sort of lecture portions of the program mm -hmm. and the things that are on the list to learn, you know, much of the learning takes place when you're just out playing with the ideas right. that have been introduced during the course. Yeah, and the and the, so the, I think I know we've talked about this before on the course, but the first thing we tell everybody before they go do hoop houses, which is a, a dome shelter that we build, um, is we drive home the idea really hard not to grab aspen trees because aspen trees don't bend; they just snap. They break. They break. So when we went to build this big group shelter, there was a student who hasn't hasn't built a hoop house and. Um, and so, you know, what kind of trees he brought back? Aspen. And he, and it just, you know, he had to get sent back out to get other ones because they just won't work. And that's, 
that's the stuff that you miss out on by not really participating in like, I don't even want to call it extra credit, but the, it's one thing to see something. It's another thing to go and actually like play with it and spend time in it. And that's where those kinks get worked out. Um, you know, the, the, the sort of greatest example of a person that has, cause when I think about this, I think about it as, um, sort of like a big a big web where you're constantly making connections and the more of those connections you make the easier the next problem is to solve because you can pull from wherever and um you know i can't i can't talk about like connections being made while you're out on the land without mentioning our friend david bosom because it's not um you know when we walk through the woods and we point out things to people it's you know, it's partly because we've spent a lot of time out in the woods, but it's also because we're like, we're helping them make connections. Um, and that's, that's how we in sort of people that are new to this, that's how they learn is that you're pointing stuff out to them. But if you walk through the woods with David Bosom, he, um, you know, he'll just offhand mention things that are totally gained from slowly observing or just observing over a lifetime patterns in the natural world. And if you know if we're talking about that spider web of connections his is essentially no longer a web it's a solid piece of material because everything he's ever experienced is connected in some way and he can pull that information that skill from from any part of his his understanding of the natural world and apply it to whatever problem he needs to solve um in a way that is just you know i think we've talked about it before but the watching him carry a shovel all the rest of us would throw a, sh a snow shovel over our shoulder and walk across. But to him, it was, it was like, oh, this is flat on the bottom. It drags. Why would I lift it up when I can just slide it across the snow? And little stuff like that is only comes from a lifetime of kind of uh, making these little connections to the point where everything becomes connected. And that's what we want our students to get out of this, or at least an insight into that. And yeah. you don't get it if you're not around to participate in it. Yeah. Whew. Wow, that was a big, uh, that was big. Yeah, geez. I need a minute. I'm going to have a sip of water. You talk for a bit. Well, <clears throat> I'm kind of, I think we kind of wrapped up this, uh, yeah. this idea. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So let's, let's pull the plug on this one. Thank you very much yeah. for spending this time with us on this beautiful Sunday morning. Uh, we hope you enjoy this. like Sunday morning. Yeah. Uh, there we go. And if you did enjoy this, you know the drill. Please leave us a review or share this with somebody. And thank you very much. And we will hit you back again with another one soon. You have been listening to the Jack Mountain Bushcraft Podcast. For more information on our professional wilderness guide training programs that are college accredited and GI Bill approved, visit us on the web at jackmtn.com.